Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I am Ryan Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Elizabeth Adams, Chief Nurse Executive of HCA Health Trust and President of Match Healthcare. Doctor, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I am doing great. I am so honored to be here with you today. And I really appreciate you and our good friends with Becker's Healthcare for this invitation. And thank you for all the great work that you do to support healthcare. Oh, thank you so much. We absolutely love doing it and love talking to people just like you. Uh, So to get us started, would you mind please introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Sure, thank you. So I'm Dr. Elizabeth Adams and um, As Mariah mentioned, I'm the president of Match Healthcare, which is a healthcare consulting firm. And I'm also a chief nurse executive with uh, HCA Health Trust. And um, it's it's been a blessing to serve in healthcare for almost three decades. Um, You know, I started when I was 10 years old. (laughs) Seriously, um, on a serious note, um, I've been in healthcare for three decades. Uh, Half of my career was spent in a very large academic healthcare organization in Texas, where I served as a trauma and ER nurse, and then um, progressed into management. Um, I think at the University of Texas, I developed a strong foundation for evidence-based clinical practice, research, and professional development. And um, practicing and leading in a magnet-recognized organization uh, taught me early on the power of having a great culture with highly engaged caregivers. Um, over the course of my uh, career journey, there's been key opportunities where I was given the opportunity to grow professionally and impact care delivery. I served at a large health system um, actually the University of Texas, where I was promoted to lead their internal staffing agency. And in that role, I was able to utilize my business, financial, and clinical skills to grow that business, expand services across Texas, um, increase the scope of the services we provided, and we um, pretty much eliminated all contingent labor. Um, And then I was given the opportunity to serve as a healthcare executive in something really unique. It was a public healthcare district um, where I served as a chief nurse and implemented programs around reducing readmissions, addressing social determinants of care. I worked with utilization management and really learned um, about value-based care. And Mariah, as you know, rural healthcare is a, a challenging environment, but yet very, very rewarding. Um, I felt like I was uh, really connected to my purpose. I ended up advocating for rural health at the local, state, and national levels, and then really learned the value of creating community and partnerships with academic organizations and um, uh, professionals in our industry, as well as businesses, and, um, and so really to improve access Uh, work on workforce development and um, recruitment. And then I also have served as a chief nurse and COO where I learned about operations, capital equipment, expansions. And then uh, most recently, I served as a chief nurse executive for one of the largest hospitals in Southern California and the busiest ER in uh, Los Angeles County. And this was the third time that I led teams to Magnet. 
and uh, we just had a really great culture. Um, we, uh, when I started, we were last in our total performance ranking. And then when I left that organization, we were uh, at the top ranking for all large hospitals. And, um, and then we just, um, we had an amazing culture. Like I said, we achieved a magnet. And so I've had a really unique opportunity to serve in diverse organizations and um, have served at the national level for the American Organization of Nurse Leaders and then have served on the board of the Healthcare Business Women's Association. So just really blessed to have those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your background with us. And if you started at 10 years old, I would definitely interview you every day because I'm sure you would have the best stories. Um, would you be able to tell us about your most successful project or initiative from the last year at HCA? What issues were you trying to solve and also what drove the success? Sure. You know, I'd like to I'd like to share with you um, maybe one of the major initiatives in the last year. And it wasn't necessarily with HCA, but um, with another organization. And um, it was in reducing um, harm to our patients and improving our quality outcomes. Uh, my brother died of a hospital acquired infection at the age of 34. And so I'm very passionate about keeping our patients safe from harm. Um, our teams were able to reduce healthcare-associated infections by 44%, and we reduced falls by 35%. We did this by implementing a model called the Healthcare Restoration Design Model, and it's a high-reliability model. Our, um, the, the other thing, too, is that they were able to do that because we had such a strong professional governance culture in place more than 10 to 20% of our workforce were committed and dedicated to improving quality outcomes and finding root causes. So um, we also utilized relationship-based care concepts. Um, for example, we uh, started every meeting with a patient story. And when we reviewed our cases, uh, the team members would present the case first by showing a picture of the patient, calling the patient by name, and sharing something personal about the person. And so um, we really had some great outcomes when it came to reducing hospital-associated uh, harm. And then um, we know when patients stay in the ER or in the hospital too long, uh, that can negatively impact their quality outcomes. So we, we those teams put together an air traffic control center to optimize flow. They also were very adamant that they wanted to try a, a hospitality center, which was a discharge lounge. And nine times out of 10, those don't work. But, um, but they really wanted to do it. And I think it's important that we let, let our teams try sometimes. And they, they proved that it could work. They shaved about 30 to 40 minutes off discharge time. So I think all of those things um, helped us to deliver high quality, efficient and uh, compassionate care to our patients. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. As you know, the clinical workforce has changed a lot in the last few years. What challenges are you still facing and how do you see the clinical workforce evolving? Sure, you know, that's a great question. Recruitment and retention is still an opportunity. You know, I was fortunate that our turnover um, has been 6.9% compared to a national benchmark of 22%. But um, there are areas where it's still a big challenge. You, you, you might be able to even recruit nurses in, but how do you keep them? 
especially with an aging workforce, um, early retirement, and then people just wanting to leave the bedside because they're still burned out or they're advancing their education. And so it is a really big challenge. Um, I think through COVID, we've learned a lot. And if we look at team nursing models, and not all models may fit the same or, you know, the same for each organization. But if we look at team nursing models, we learned that there are other skill sets that can help us take great care of our patients. And the more that we work together as a team, the more effective we can be. Um, it also, you know, when you have a team nursing model, it also allows the RN to practice at the highest extent of their license. And, um, and then, you know, when we look at technology, can we utilize virtual nursing to do some of those things that the RN at the bedside does not necessarily have to do? Can we do patient education on admission, um, health assessments, uh, where we're gathering health history and discharges, discharge information? So I think we, we need to look at um, recruitment and retention and other models. Um, the other thing that I think that we, you know, is a challenge is we've got a lot of uh, rapid fire changes in technology. And so as we look at care delivery, how can we embrace and leverage technology uh, to allow us to be more efficient, um, to lean up our work? And, um, and also, how do we leverage technology to allow the patient to be the driver of healthcare? So I think that's going to be a big challenge, you know, especially when we look at um, chat GPT, we look at robotics and workplace safety to keep our caregivers safe. And then we look at robots in healthcare organizations and um, how can we leverage those things. So, so I think those are definitely challenges. The other thing I want to mention is physician recruitment. Our, I, I, I'm concerned about our physicians and burnout as well and recruitment for physicians because it's been challenging, especially in rural health care, to recruit nurses and doctors and then to retain them. So I think we need to create environments and, and be better at um, those uh, providing those environments where people feel valued and appreciated. Um, they're treated like owners in the operations of the, um, the hospitals and, um, and that we're really um, supporting equity, diversion and inclusion because we know that when we do that, we become better leaders um, and we provide better care to our diverse populations. So I think those areas are still challenges, um, but we're making progress, but we need to keep those areas as a priority you know, over the next five to 10 years. Yes, I completely, completely agree. Thank you so much for sharing. And before I let you go, doctor, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, what is your best advice for aspiring physician and nurse leaders? Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I, I think um, the most important thing is to prioritize um, our own health and wellness and to take time for work-life balance. You know, I look back over, you know, three decades in my career, and I wonder if I should have taken more time to do those things, to, um, you know, to focus on my health and my family. And if you ask my family, my family will uh, assert that, yes, <laughs> I should have done that. I think we get caught up in what we love to do. 
And, you know, my husband's been in ministry and he said, you can lose yourself in the service of others. And it, it is an amazing, amazing vocation that we have. It's the best job in the world to care for people. And then as a leader, to care for people who lead people. But as leaders, we have got to prioritize our health and have that work-life balance. And we've got to role model that. Because if we don't, our leaders will continue to burn out. And we've seen a huge turnover in nursing leaders, um, physician leaders. We've also seen a, a huge turnover in um, the C-suite, too. And so it's really important that we role model that. And so I would ask you to consider that. And then also to be lifelong learners, um, engage with your professional organization, because no matter where you go throughout the country, or which system you work with, you're all working towards the same things. And find a mentor, someone who can um, who can support you in the journey, who can be transparent and help you grow. And then it's also good to have a sponsor within the organization who can advocate on your behalf. Um, lastly, I think don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong. None of us are perfect. And when you fail, I like to tell my teams, when you fail, you pick yourself up, you dust your knees off, and you learn from it, and then share that with others so that we can all continue to grow and help each other. And, you know, as a transformational leader, a lot of people talk about transformational leadership, but as a transformational leader, you will never transform the culture or move the performance scorecard until you learn how to be a servant leader. So I think more important than anything is take a look at servant leadership and what it really means and then ask yourself, you know, what else can I do to serve others? So I think those are the key things that I would, you know, that I would recommend or ask that, you know, for consideration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, Dr. Adams. This has been an amazing and informative discussion. So again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare. And I look forward to connecting again with you soon. All right. Thanks, Mariah. Take care. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.